Welcome to Creepy Kentucky. I'm Quinn. And I'm Laura. And is there anything we want to go on before we get to the second part that I'm really uh, very uh, anxious to hear? Um, People really seem to like the first part too because it's got a lot of listeners for us. Oh I mean for yeah, us, not for you know, <laughs> any, not for a real podcast, <laughs> but for us, yeah, it's got a lot us, of yes. yeah, it's got a lot of listeners. So uh, very nice. American Horror Stories coming back on Wednesday. Yay! Finally, and then um, next week is. What we do in the shadows. It is. Yes. Yeah. All of our shows are coming back. I know. I'm so excited. There was something else too, wasn't there? I forget. I don't know. I know it's not prodigal son. Uh yeah, no. We're not talking about that though. No. <laughs> no. I was reading. Apparently, they're showing it in the UK right now, or they did, because I was reading what a, what somebody said about it, and he was like, "I just love it because it's so over the." He said his comment about it was is that everybody in the show acts like they're acting in a different show, <laughs> and I was like, "That's interesting." Yeah, I mean, kinda like. You know, Lou Diamond Phillips is acting in a police procedural. I don't know, like Michael Sheen. I don't know what the hell he's acting in. He's I mean, he's, he's acting in American Horror Story. I mean, <laughs> the girl, the one girl, acts like she's acting in I don't know, Pretty Little Liars or something. Oh yeah. And then the uh, the like I don't know, but yeah. When I thought about it, I could kind of see his point. But he said, like, he, he said that, and then he said, but it's so enjoyable that I can't stop watching it. And I was like, oh, fair. You know? Yes. So he, he kind of complained about it, and then he was like, but it's still good. But it's, it's, it's good. still good. So, where we left off, okay. um, Chuck had just died. Yeah. Chuck had just died, and she Dolores had not, was talking to Susan. Yeah, she had not called the rescue squad yet. She did not call the rescue squad. <laughs> she called Susan. <laughs> she called Susan. So when we left off, she was telling Susan, I don't know whether I'm going to be a princess or a pauper. Okay. She turned out to be a princess. Oh, that's so nice. Um, for a she didn't time. just get a big annual return from her trust. Right. She also saved up enough money that she didn't have to worry about it anymore. Oh, that's nice. She could spend what she wanted, when she wanted. I mean, everyone's dream. She didn't have a monthly allowance from Chuck anymore. Uh, Mm. But she wasn't about to spend her money unnecessarily. Well, fair. Because she had lived through the Depression. Oh, well, that's that's fair. Okay. Yeah. She would spend hours every week clipping coupons Aww. and redeeming them. She rarely let a rebate pass to get her by. <laughs> <laughs> you go, Dolores. <laughs> she would drive miles out of her way to get things that were on sale. Oh, exactly. You spend more in gas money than you do in the actual sale price. But, you know. Right, you know. It's the scenic route, as I like to call it. She would pack lunch whenever she went on trips, okay. so, so she wouldn't have to stop and 
spend it on eating out at restaurants. Okay. If she thought anything could be used again, she wouldn't throw it away. Okay. She even wore the same shoes to both of Tom's weddings. Okay. Which were 13 years apart. Okay. Okay, well, you know. She dyed them from the original lime green to match the outfit for the second time. Oh. She also kept soap scraps and turned them into new bars of soap. Okay. Helen Stewart, her maid. Yeah. Put off telling Dolores that she had to raise the prices from $25 to $30. Because for 14 years, Helen went to Dolores' house every Tuesday to clean it. Yeah. And since Dolores liked her house immaculately clean, yeah. it made for a really long day for Helen. I bet. <laughs> she would polish the floors on her hands and knees. Mm. She would wash the windows. Mm. She painted. She Ooh. burned the trash. Ooh. That sounds and when, like a lot of excess work. That sounds like she's just doing a lot off the... That wasn't my job description. <laughs> right. <laughs> When she eventually did tell Dolores about the price increase, Helen only had five customers, so she really wasn't making much charging $25 a day. So $5 really wasn't that much. But Dolores said that she couldn't afford it. Okay. But Dolores had no problem spending money on her dogs. Yeah. With the exception of Tom and Janie, the dogs were the most important things in her life. Okay. She had I special mean, covers made for their beds and pillows. I'm not going to say anything about this. She bathed them with expensive soaps and perfumed oh. them with Estee Lauder. Oh. <laughs> she threw them birthday parties oh. with decorated cakes oh. and then would take them to have their teeth cleaned. Oh, okay, good. She would buy them steaks and while well, she was buying truck canned store brand food. <laughs> he got spam. <laughs> he did get spam. <laughs> and the dogs got steaks. Well, you know. She was also convinced Pookie wanted to talk. So she would spend hours trying to get him to say mama <laughs> and would record in his attempts to do so. Oh, God. <laughs> no oh. surprises, but Pookie was diagnosed as being neurotic. No shit. And he needed tranquilizers every day. Yeah, I bet he was. So, we're going to talk a little bit about how Dolores met her friend, Susan. Okay. I wanted to, like, put this in order, but this is the order it all popped up in the book. And it's just too much effort to yeah. <laughs> try to re- rework this when you're working on different chapters. And, well, yeah, that's all good. Anyway, so Dolores and Susan met in 1970 while Susan was working at the real estate company that Chuck and Dolores used to sell their house in Hunting Creek. Okay. Dolores would either call or show up at the agency almost every day okay. and complain that the house hadn't sold. Okay. Susan is quoted saying, uh, quote, she just raised hell. Yeah. End that quote. Sounds like her. Yep. All the agents that worked there, including Susan, dreaded hearing from Dolores 
and would do their best to avoid her. She got to know Dolores when Dolores joined St. James Church, and then the two got closer after Susan's husband died in 1975. Um, A week before the um, the third Sunday of July in 1984, Dolores' old mobile broke down and by a Boy Scout camp. Oh, okay. And this led to an argument with the caretaker of that Boy Scout camp <sighs> because he moved her, he pushed her abandoned car a few feet. Oh, so God. it wouldn't block the entrance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, during this argument, she threatened to call the cops and sue him for damages. <laughs> Dolores was just not a very... I mean, she's she's lucky that he didn't have it towed. Right. Like, it's... If it was in any way blocking his... His drive... You know, their driveway, I think he was probably well within his rights to have it towed. So, she was exactly. lucky that that didn't happen. Oh, Dolores. Oh, Dolores. As we've said many times on this podcast. <laughs> Oh, oh, Dolores. Dolores. <laughs> so, on the fourth Sunday of July, 1984, the week after the debacle at the Boy Scout camp. Right. Dolores' friend Marjorie waited for her, her in the church parking lot, as usual. Yeah. They would meet the parking lot, go in. Yeah, and sit together. Yeah. And sit together. Right. right. But Dolores didn't show up until... Uh-oh. The service was just about to start. Okay. Marjorie noticed that Dolores's two-piece uh, dress didn't match. Oh. It looked like the top had been more faded than the bottom. Uh-oh. But didn't think it was unusual because uh. she knew Dolores would buy her clothes for secondhand stores. <laughs> yeah, but you and I would be like, uh-oh, something's up. Something's <laughs> up. Uh, Dolores was excited that Tom was going to be visiting on Friday with uh-huh. his new wife and his two sons. Okay. Janie had moved back into the house three days prior, and Dolores said the house was a mess and there was a lot to do before he got there. Uh-huh. Side tangent, Dolores complained constantly about the house and how hard it was to maintain. Yeah. And that she was afraid of being the only one living there. Marjorie once asked, quote, Dolores, why don't you just get rid of it? You're a prisoner of that house. And Dolores replied, quote, no, it's not the house that makes me a prisoner. It's criminals that make me a prisoner. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. She was afraid of crime. Uh, okay. I kind of want, so, Hustler put out a book about Larry Flint. That's just like quotes of his. And it's oh, like, God. yeah, I have to take pictures and show you. But it's like every page has just one quote, like right in the center of the page. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of want to do that with Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> one page has, yeah. One page has, it's not the house that makes me a prisoner. It's the criminals that make me a prisoner. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be a princess or a pauper. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> I think Chuck is dead. I think Chuck is dead. <laughs> and then there's a little asterisk by it that said, Don't call me. <laughs> call the rescue squad. Call the rescue squad. Don't call me. <laughs> And then the, on the bottom of the page, it has that. Anyway. I mean, I really want to do this now. You should. Uh, I know. Words of wisdom. By Words the of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> so, at around 10.30 that morning, which was July 22nd, 1984, she pulled up to the gas pumps at Prospect Chevron Station on US-42. Okay. She went there regularly, sometimes having minor work done on her cars there. Um, all the all the young employees at the station knew Dolores and liked her. Oh, okay. Which seems strange. Well, that seems hard to believe, but okay. I know. <laughs> uh, the 22-year-old assistant manager, Butch Rice, was working that day. Uh, Bitter Blood describes him as, quote, a thin man with a mustache, end quote. Okay. <laughs> That's really narrowing it down. Right. Um, he always looked forward to Dolores coming in. Uh, he said, quote, she was like a mother to me, end <gasps> quote. That's so sweet. So that day, she asked Butch to put some gas in her riding mower, or put some gas for her riding mower in the red can in the back of her car. Mm-hmm. She hand- handed him the keys and went inside to say hello to the other guys that were working. She paid with her Chevron card and left. Dolores headed south from Chevron to the intersection of State Road 329 and headed down that road to her house. Okay. And this is the way they described her house. This is the house that she was prisoner in because of the criminals. Okay. It was set on four and a half acres. Oh. Woody Hillside. Okay. It was a pink brick ranch house with white white shutters and wrought iron grillwork. Nice. It was two stories, had oh. 14 rooms, oh. and four and a half baths. Jeez, Louis. When Marjorie first saw it, she thought it was a Ramada Inn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Between the double roll-up garage doors, there was a white wooden door that they used as the main entrance. Okay. When a key was inserted into the door, uh-huh. you had 20 seconds to go across the garage and flip a switch in order to keep the alarm from sounding. Okay. Her phone rang all afternoon and into the evening. Yeah. Fern Morgan called from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. She was visiting with her daughter in Prospect mm-hmm. and wanted to invite Dolores over for a swim. Okay. After Fern quit trying to call, Susan Reed started calling. Right. Um, because they would either see or speak to each other many times a week, so she knew something was wrong when Dolores didn't answer. Right. But she figured the phone was out of order, like it had been a month before. Okay. When the phone would ring for the caller, but not on Dolores' side. So she tried calling a couple more times, with no answer. Uh, she waited on Monday for 
for Dolores to call her with complaints about the phone company. But when the phone call didn't come, she tried calling Dolores again, but there was still no answer. Susan tried calling again on Tuesday, which at this point, why doesn't someone do a check on her? Yeah, really. <laughs> You're trying to call her for three days and there's no answer. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, but there was again no answer on Tuesday. Uh, so, Delor- so Susan decided she would just go visit Dolores later that day. Okay. So on Tuesday, she went home, changed, yeah. and got her Shih Tzu Abby. And as she got close to the parking area for Dolores' house, uh-huh. she thought she saw three familiar cars. Okay. Dolores' Oldsmobile. Right. Chuck's VW. Yeah. And Janie's Nova. Okay. When she got to the top of the hill, she saw a body lying by the garage Whoa. door. I know, this went to hell real quick, didn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. She she freaked out well, and yeah. went back to her <laughs> office and said, quote, call the police. Dolores is dead at the garage door. Janie's probably in the house. There's two dogs in there, too. Uh-oh. End quote. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So Steve Nobles was on his way home on State Road 329 near Crestwood in his police cruiser when he heard a call on his radio for an officer to check on a report of a dead woman at 10420 Covered Bridge Road. The call was supposed to be for Detective Tom Swinney, who was at home away from his radio at the time. Okay. Steve got to Dolores' house minutes after the call at 2.55 p.m. Mm Mm-hmm. He pulled into the driveway, stopped to look around for anything that seemed off. Right. He then drove to the loop in front of the house and blew the horn. There was no reaction, so he headed up the drive when he was hit by a strange odor. Oh, no. It was then that he saw the body lying by the garage door. Oh, no. At this point, he pulled out his gun went back to his car because of his exposed position. Right. And waited for... Backup, I hope. Backup. <laughs> Tom Swinney was on his way after getting a call from the dispatcher. So she just called him instead of relying yeah, on his radio like, he was away from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was like, this isn't working. I'm just going to... Yeah, let me, just, let me just phone a call. No- Nobles contacted dispatch and reported the situation and asked for car 315, which was Officer Steve Sparrow. Oh. Oh, that reminds me that the other day, out of the blue, Nori said to me, uh, Officer Donald Duckworth, and I about died. (laughs) (laughs) That's who you reminded me of, too. Steve Sparrow and Duck. Sparrow and Duck. (laughs) Sparrow and and Duckworth. Oh, my God. Sparrow and Duckworth. The detective agency. I'm putting you up. Oh my god, it's the detective agency we've always dreamed of. Oh my god, that'd be such a good show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Their uh, business card would be a sparrow and a duck. Oh yeah, it would be little birds on it. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Anyway. I mean, sorry, but I just (laughs) stuck in there, but she just said. Welcome to Tangent, though. Oh yeah. 
Oh, that's where we live. <laughs> yep. Nobles initially thought that the daughter they had talked about yeah. had gone crazy. Oh, I Killed see. her mother. Oh, no. It was now holed up inside. I mean... That's what his thought was. When... I mean, fair. Yeah. I mean, it is a, a fair thought. Yeah, it's a fair thought. When Tom got there... Tom Swinney, not our good boy Sparrow yet. Okay. Uh, Steve said, quote, we've got a body up here beside the garage, and according to the lady who called in, there's supposed to be a daughter somewhere, end quote. Tom Swinney recognized the house and knew Dolores and Janie. Uh-huh. He had been the one to investigate Chuck's death. Oh, okay. So he was kind of familiar with them. So, we're going to go back a bit and talk about Jane. Okay. Uh, words that were usually used to describe Jane were perky, bubbly, and vivacious. Aww. She came across as cool, distant, and hard to get to know. But when she didn't get to know her, she was witty, charming, and fun to be around. Mm-hmm. A lot like Dolores. Aww. But unlike Dolores, she wasn't abrasive. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> she was instead nice. sincerely sweet. Aw. Uh, Not to her was, dad, necessarily, but, you know. <laughs> right. She was small. Um, she was about five foot two inches, which is my size. Aw. Um, and she was still in a size three dress. Oh. At almost 40. Oh. She also never had kids, oh. so that kind of... Mm. Um, but for the previous year she had not really been herself Uh, she was getting tired easily getting angry easily Mm. had vague aches Mm. Uh, the doctors told her that she was anemic okay and gave her vitamin shots and thyroid medicine and Janie never really figured out what she wanted to do with her life she had two degrees already and was four years into her newest one. Wow. And she was questioning again. Wow. <laughs> uh, she was talking about joining Tom's dental practice in Albuquerque. Okay. Starting her own practice close to Louisville and moving to a different state entirely. And starting, just starting over from scratch. Right. But she saw the drawbacks to all three of these. So wasn't really sold on any of them. Well, yeah. Dolores had assured her not to worry and to just move in back home with her oh, to cool. relax and to get her health back before <laughs> she decided anything. Oh. Which is what Janie ultimately decided to do. Oh, yeah. Big mistake. Dolores was ecstatic. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about smothering. Here we go. We're about to get into... The smother. Her being the smother. Back when Janie had moved into the university's university's apartments for its dental and medicine students, Dolores came in with Helen Stewart to clean, paint, fix up, and decorate the apartment. Um, When Janie ended up moving into a bigger apartment on the second floor, Dolores did the same thing. Oh, yeah. She also had a key to, to Janie's apartment. Oh, 100% she did. <laughs> and would come in 
almost every day to clean, straighten up, and bring food. Oh, Jesus. She would cook all of Janie's meal at home and bring them to her using um, heat meat containers. Oh. She would I mean, leave fresh milk like, and take the... That's kind of actually sweet, but it's also kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she would leave fresh milk Aww. and take the old, still unspoiled milk for herself to use. Okay. Dolores expected a call from Jamie every night at 11, which is kind of late, to be honest. Yeah. I'm usually asleep by 11. Yeah. Trust me, it'd have to be like seven. I'll get I'll get to you early. Trust me, it'd be like eight right. or thirty. <laughs> I'm so mad because the premiere of American Horror Story on Wednesday is going to be two hours long. Ooh, that's a and long it's time. a show that starts at ten. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> I cannot stay up until midnight. No. Nope. <laughs> so I'll probably just watch the first episode and go to bed and watch the second one when I get home from work. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a long late time. <laughs> yeah, well, it's two episodes. All at. So, if Janie was even a few minutes late calling, Dolores would call her wanting to know what was wrong. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, if Janie was going to be out late, she had to call her mom before she left. And once she got home, no matter what time it was, Janie would jokingly say, quote, she's just a Jewish mother who isn't Jewish. And <laughs> okay. Oh, that'll, do, that'll go in my quote section. <laughs> yes. <that's> <laughs> that'll go in my quote book. Um, it's no real surprise Janie never married. Uh, no. It, it seems like she was kind of married to her mother. Yeah. But. Oh, uh, Yeah. That, there's not even, I mean, most married couples aren't even that obsessed with each other. Right. Uh, she had, however, seriously considered marriage four times. Three of them were lawyers. Okay. All right, Jamie. Dolores would always brag that her daughter dated lawyers and even kept in touch with two of them, just in case she ever needed a lawyer. Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, that, yeah, okay. That doesn't look great, but whatever. Right. That doesn't look great. After getting her degree in education from Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois, oh, in Peoria. 1966. Yeah. Peoria, yes. Yeah. See, I can't pronounce names. She followed her parents to Kentucky. And once there, she started teaching at an elementary school in Cobb County, which is about 80 miles from Louisville. Two years later, she enrolled in the University of Kentucky to get her master's degree in special education. And she was just as paranoid as Dolores about crime and decided she needed to know how to protect herself. So she started taking karate lessons. Oh, okay. And would eventually be a brown belt. Oh, wow. And she would try to teach her mom karate in the front yard on the weekends. Okay. Which the neighbors loved watching Dolores learn karate. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) God. That would have been a sight, would it not? A hundred percent. I'm sorry, I missed it. 
Uh, rest in peace, Dolores. Oh, I know. Oh. When Jamie was 25, she dated 19-year-old John Trent. Wow. Cradle robin there, Jamie. You right. Go, you go, girl. At first, they would see each other on holidays during the summer and would write letters and make long-distance phone calls since John was in college. Okay. okay. But when Jamie moved back to Lexington for law school, their relationship grew even stronger. So strong, it looked like they were going to get married. When John visited Jamie's parents' house one day, Chuck took him to the side and said, quote, you know, Jamie's a lot like her mother, end quote. <laughs> Which John took as a warning. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the way I took it, too. <laughs> Later, uh. Chuck gave John a copy of The Manipulated Man by <laughs> Esther Vilar and suggested he read it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you know until the murder this was like a sitcom <laughs> right. right up until the murder <laughs> uh, Janie got her master's degree in 1970 and started working as a as a speech therapist a speech pathologist oh my god I can't even read in Fayette County schools oh cool after that, she worked at the University of Kentucky in the Clinic for communica Communicative Disorders. Okay. Oh, like, you okay. always need a speech pathologist to say that. Yeah. Fair. By 1975, she wasn't so sure about John anymore. He was a, he was a vegetarian that Jane described as being, quote, into weeds and seeds. End <laughs> quote. Okay gonna have to have a subsection of this book just for her quotes okay <laughs> all right we'll just have a uh we'll just have a lynch family, family it'll quote. be a lynch family quote book yeah 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 well chapter on john on chuck dolores Janie. yeah i think tom's got some good ones in here oh good she visited an old sorority sister from bradley in l.a and decided that she wanted to live near the Pacific Ocean. Sounds So delightful. she sent out some applications and got a job in Santa Monica okay. at Santa Monica Schools as a speech pathologist. She lived in an apartment a few blocks from the beach and wrote to her friends about how her life felt freer than ever before and how she was absolutely loving it. Okay. In 1977, she was yet again in college. Okay. This time taking classes to so she could go to dental school in Santa Monica College. Okay. While working as a speech pathologist, she had met a doctor that fixed speech problems with dental work. Oh, nice. Which inspired her to get her degree in dentistry. Okay. okay. I mean, Makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, Dolores started checking out the University of Louisville's School of Dentistry and started talking it up to Janie. I'm sure she did. She told her that she could live at home, and Chuck would take care of the bills. Okay. Sure thing, Mom. Because of, because of Chuck. Of course Chuck would, right? Well, yeah, he did almost whatever he was told, so I assume, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except quit drinking. Yeah, well. <laughs> we don't know that she told him to do that right there at the end. She was probably like, here, another, have another. Just have, have another. another. Have some more bourbon, dear. It's all good for you. Keeps the chill out. 
Right. So, four years after living in California and that sweet, sweet freedom, Janie moved back to Kentucky. Mm. Only a quarter of her class were women, and she was by far the oldest. Oh, uh, yeah. But she still got quite a bit of attention from the boys. Oh. So you had the ladies, I have the boys. The boys. <laughs> the, boys. <laughs> the boys. The boys. She did not have a serious relationship until her last year of school. Yeah. When Chuck died in 1983, she went looking for her closest friend, Ron King. Yeah. But he wasn't in his room. So she went to Phil Pandolfi's room. Okay. He invited her in before realizing that she was upset. She told him that her father was dead and that and he told her that she was that he was there if she needed to talk. After that, Phil and Jamie spent a lot of time together. Yeah. Phil would escort her wherever she needed to go somewhere on campus since she was afraid of crime. Oh yeah. And after Christmas, Janie brought Phil over to meet Dolores and sent him a big card with frogs and hearts over their heads for Valentine's Day. Aww. By March, Phil told her that he was in love with her, and she said that she felt the same. Not long after, Janie took Phil home, where he cooked a spaghetti dinner for both Janie and Dolores. Pookie barked at him, but Dolores seemed to like him. Okay. but that weekend, this is weird. Okay. This is weird. Phil was sleeping in the basement where Chuck would sleep. Right. He was woken up by a strange feeling, one that left him drenched in sweat and terrified. Huh. It was like he was in the presence of evil. Ooh. Like it was the house itself. He tried to shake it off, but a voice in his head kept telling him he needed to get out and take Jamie with him. Oh, my God. Fuck Dolores, right? Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he found his rosary and prayed with it to get through the night. Wow. He was too embarrassed to say anything to Janie about it. But the same thing happened later when he went back a couple of weeks afterwards. That's weird. Ugh, he I later said, quote, I didn't want to be near that house. It scared the hell out of me. End quote. Huh. Jane and Phil went to see Dolores play Daphne Driven and There Goes the Bride. Okay. Because Dolores had quite the acting mm-hmm. career in her golden years. Yeah. <laughs> Phil also took Janie to the graduation dance wearing a three piece corduroy suit. Oh, nice. And Janie wore a pink chiffon dress with a lace bodice. Nice. That Phil pinned a pink carnation corsage to. Aww. On May 13th, which was graduation day, mm-hmm. Dolores brought wine and cheese for Janie's friends. The next day, Phil left for a new job teaching biology in a summer school in New Jersey. Okay. And Phil was absolutely smitten with Janie. Okay. But one thing bothered him. She was 14 years older than he was. Wow. She has she was a history. <laughs> she, likes, she likes me on. Yeah. She was 39. Oh, but 
can you do the math on that? I can't. Yeah, it's all good. He like was 24. 25? He was 24, I guess. 24? He was Italian, so he wanted a big family. And at her age, kids were limited. But Janie was also having the same second thoughts about him being so young. Right. Dolores caught on to this and once told her friend Joyce Rose, quote, I don't know what I'm going to do. Janie has dragged home a New York Italian, end quote. <laughs> she also mentioned him to Susan Reed and clearly didn't like him. Oh. I guess she changed her mind. Yeah. She said he was a Kennedy lover and that he had made a huge <laughs> mess while cooking spaghetti that wasn't even good. <laughs> okay. Okay, Dolores. <laughs> you got a lover. Yeah. <laughs> Janie wrote to Phil every few days when he left. And her letters were always chatty, but never really romantic. Right. In July, she wrote to Phil, quote, I went back to the doctor on Monday. He said the same old thing. I'm anemic and continue taking my thyroid meds. Also, I gained four pounds since December. I know I'll not be able to hold down a job in dentistry feeling this bad. So I'll probably try another doctor for a second opinion or just go into hibernation. End quote. Okay. The weekend after the 4th of July, Janie went to Lexington to visit a friend from the University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, she had graduated in... Graduated from Vanderbilt University in Nashville and was now married, with a, married to a doctor and pregnant with a third child. Wow. Janie gave Vicky the impression that she wasn't going to pr- pursue her romance with Phil. Janie had wanted to visit with Vicky for a couple days, but got a call from Dolores that her car had broken down and got into a fight with the guy at the Boy Scout camp. Yeah. <laughs> so Janie went home and didn't stay with her, thanks to that guilt trip from Dolores. All right. Uh, oh, Dolores. So, Janie was... Janie was supposed to go visit Phil in New Jersey. Right. And had written to him that she wasn't going to come visit. Okay. Phil got upset and didn't write or call for a week. And when he did, it was short and meaningless. Yeah. Which, you know, passive-aggressive. Right. Janie wrote to him for the first time in, after two weeks saying quote dear Phil hope your summer has been a good one it has gone really fast and will and will soon be over thought you might be interested in your fall semester book list each year the book list fortunately gets smaller and smaller have a good rest of the summer sincerely Janie wow which quite not good. very uh, yeah quite romantic Oh, yeah, like, I'm just smitten. Yeah. That was the first letter she didn't sign with love, and the last letter she would ever write. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Saturday, July 21st, Dolores and Janie spent the morning at home. 
they went to Crestwood that afternoon to drop off some appliances at Stowe's Hardware to get them fixed. Dolores looked at holsters because she wanted one for her 32 revolver, but decided to wait until Monday. But guess what, you guys? You could be murdered tomorrow, so buy what you want. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point. Yes, <laughs> that's a good point for life. I'll just have to start a Quinn's Quinn's clothes book <laughs> now. <laughs> buy what you want. Guess what? Tomorrow you might be murdered. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> buy what you want. That night, the two went to see Aunt Abby answers an ad at the Little Colonel Theater. While her mom was at church the next the next morning, Janie did not go get donuts like normal. Yeah. And to quote the book, nobody would ever know why. Oh, God. Cool. <laughs> that is uh, ominous indeed. I know. Yeah. I almost want to stop it there, but we're only at 41 minutes, so we'll keep going for a little bit longer. Ah, uh, so... Back to police chief Steve Nobles and Detective Tom Swinney. Right. Zoom back over to them and where they're at. Right. They were taking in Dolores' body. Yeah. Which. They haven't gone into the house yet? Not yet. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. They're just, they're trying to absorb what they're looking at Dolores' body. Ah. She was on the left side of the garage. Her knees were up and legs were apart. Um, she was missing the top of her head. Oh, dear. and the left side of her face was gone. Oh no! Oh, what was left of her head oh. had been turned oh, black Dolores. by the sun. Oh, Dolores! <laughs> it was crawling with maggots. Oh God! And swarmed with ants and flies. Oh no! Yuck. Well, I mean, she's been left out there since Sunday. So this was outside the garage. Yes. But I assume it was, like, hidden by cars or something? I don't think so. It seems like it was just kind of out in the open, but it was kind of a secluded neighborhood. Yeah. I was just wondering why the neighbors didn't see it. Right. They never really went into that. So they moved around back to the back of the house. Right. But there was a stone wall to the backyard, which was at the same level as the second floor of the house. Okay. Because it was on a hill, right? Right. Yeah. Plus, there was some convenient stone steps that led up to it. That's thoughtful. Yeah. At this point, Steve Steve uh, Steve Sparrow announced that he was at the front of the house over the radio. Okay. Noble said, "Quote: Don't let anybody come up here." End quote. But what Sparrow heard was, "Come up here," and started to go around back. When he called out to Nobles and Swinney, uh, when he got to the top of the stairs. The other two officers turned around and pulled their guns on him. Oh, nice. Good job. (laughs) Good job, guys. (laughs) Um, So, Sparrow went back to the front of the house to secure it. Oh, yeah. About time. (laughs) About fucking time. (laughs) Yeah. 
Sweeney went to another door at the far end of the house. Right. And he realized that the storm door was closed, but the inner door was open. Uh-oh. And when he was about to open the storm door, excuse me, he saw what looked like a bolt hole in oh. the train at the end of the house. Oh, no. Which he pointed out silently to Nobles. Yeah. Nobles' first thought was that the daughter that was allegedly inside went crazy, killed her mother, and was now hiding inside. Yeah. Or that she, too, was dead, either yeah. by a murder-suicide, right. or that she had just run away, or that the killer had taken her, or she was being held hostage, or whatever. Like, he had no clue right. what was going on with right. Jane. Because at this point, had not found her. Right. And that's where I'm going to leave off. Okay. Today. Oof. For part two. Intense. Getting intense, Quinn. We're getting intense, I know. And then we're going to backtrack more and talk about another family. Oh, we are. I know which family yes. we're going to talk. I know which family we're going to have to talk about <laughs> at some point. Our, our North Carolina family, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, there's two then, because we got to talk about Tom a little bit, right? Right. We and are going to talk about Tom. And then we got to talk about the North Carolina people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> North Carolina nuisance. Oh, good. <laughs> it's it's going to be great. It is. So, that was Oh, that was two. so good. Oh, this is so good. You're building up the suspense is, is killing me here. <laughs> You're like, eh. that's my point. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, killing me. Oh, it's so good. All right. We have an email. We do. It's creepykentucky at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter and an Instagram. And, and those are both at creepykentucky. Mm -hmm. Woohoo. You should also leave us a review on Please iTunes. Leave us a nice review. <laughs> like Be I, nice about it. I don't like if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything don't. at all, as your mom yeah. probably told you. <laughs> that's that's words of wisdom from Flower. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's flower. what uh I'm sure that's what Dolores told her kids right as she proceeded to like run Chuck down to run him down. But I mean, you know. And wrestle cigarettes out of his hands. Oh, yeah. Remember, kids, you can't say something nice. Don't say anything at, at all. all. Chuck, come here and give me no damn cigarettes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh. Um, would this be a Dolores what the hell again? Uh, Jamie. Maybe? Jamie. Maybe Jamie, what the hell? Jamie. Poor Jamie. Right. I feel so Jamie. bad for her. I feel like her life was... I feel like... Oh, I don't know. I feel like her life was so shaped by Dolores, it was so hard for her to do her anything. Have her own yeah, life. exactly. I'm just... I'm just puzzled as to why she went back to Kentucky... After right. she lived in California. I mean, you got away for like four years. And like... And, and then they're just like, nah, I'll just move back. I'm like, come I'll on. I'll just move back. I'm going to leave my mom again. Meh. Meh. At almost 40. Yeah. Yeah. You know. 
Maybe it was, maybe there was something really wrong with her and that was like her first reaction was, yeah, there's something like mentally in the back of her mind she was thinking, yeah, there's something really wrong and I need to, I need to, I just need to go home. Right. Because I can't do it anymore by myself. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yep. Cool. So. Oh. Three. Two. We have to do our Janie. What the hell? Yeah. Ah, three, two, one. Janie. Janie. What? What the, the hell? hell?